It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Just win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And this week, our buddy Glenn Naughton of JetNation.com is going to be down at the Senior Bowl checking out all the prospects that the Jets will be scouting, including one of the head coaches of this game, Jets defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich. So before he starts observing the practices, and we'll have daily reports from him on that, Wanted to bring him in and do a Senior Bowl week preview. We'll go over the rosters and the players on each one and all that. And which guys should be of particular interest to the Jets. Glenn, thanks for coming on, man. I'm looking forward to talking to you live from Mobile, Alabama, my friend. It's a little bit weird. I haven't been back to the States in like five years pre-COVID. I didn't think that my next trip back would be to Mobile. Um, Not, I mean, you got the Senior Bowl, but I don't know what else is going on out there. Um, but it'll, you know, it's not going to be, I'm not there for, uh, you know, I am just there for the senior bowl. So I'll be holed up in my Airbnb when I'm not at the stadium or the convention center doing interviews. So, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm going to try to try to find somewhere within driving distance of mobile. I, I booked one extra day. I'm like, let me try to check out somewhere I haven't been before I come home. So I'm, uh, I'm looking at a, a short list right now. I can neither confirm nor deny that the reason you haven't been in here in five years is because I put the word out to people to make sure that you weren't allowed into the country. I'm neither confirming nor denying that. Yeah, you know, and would anyone blame you, really, if that was the case? <laughs> I think many people would blame me, especially the good citizens of Mobile who are looking forward to seeing you down there this week. And before we get to the practices, we have a list of invitees. And the thing that's interesting about this, Glenn, is that there are a lot of players that will be of interest to the Jets at the pass catcher spots and especially on the offensive line. J.C. Latham's not going to be there. Amari Smims is not going to be there. Olu Fashanu is not going to be there. And Joe Alt is not going to be there. But pretty much any other offensive lineman the Jets would be looking at in that rounds one to three range is going to be in Mobile, right? It's going to be tough. Like, I, I don't remember what numbers were in past years, but it, it feels like there are more players there this year. And um, my partner, Dylan Terman from Jet Nation Radio, is also going to be there, which is a good thing because Jets fans are going to need as many eyeballs down there as possible because there are a lot of linemen. Um, there are a lot of receivers, but uh, especially those guys up front, I feel like there are a ton of guys who are really good players um, who could go, you know, who could go in the middle rounds, who could be there for you. So yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of guys down there, and and look, you know, as as the years have gone by, going to the Senior Bowl is almost a lock to get you drafted. Like so many guys who go to the Senior Bowl get drafted. So a lot of these guys are going to be picked, and there are a lot of guys who play positions where the Jets have needs. So the the I think the the highlight of the week, and Dylan and I talked about this the other day, is going to be those one on ones with the O line and the D line because there are some really good O linemen that you know Jets fans are going to want to keep an eye on. 
Let's go through some of these names really quickly, Glenn. Talise Fuaga, who has gotten a lot of interest from Jets fans, especially after Daniel Jeremiah mocked Talise Fuaga to the Jets at number 10 over Olu Fashanu, saying that he believes Fuaga is a better prospect on the offensive line. There has been some debate. I know that our friend Joe Blewett over at Jets X Factor and Brandon Thorne over at Bleach Report have said they think Fuaga might be better at guard, so could be an Elijah Vera Tucker situation, but a very big, strong, physical guy on the offensive line. And I think you could make the case for him, certainly, over Olu Fashanu. He'll be one to watch. Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma, you talked about this, Glenn. Tough to evaluate a guy like that because of the Oklahoma offense, but his size and athleticism, he's going to test off the charts. So I'm curious to see how he does in practices against some stiff competition. Graham Barton from Duke, another guy a lot of people think is going to play guard at the next level. A couple of tackles that might go later in the draft that could be decent developmental prospects. Javon Foster from Missouri. And one of the other offensive linemen from Michigan who is not Zach Zinter, the guy that seems to be getting a lot of interest from Jets fans. And I am, of course, talking about Ladarius Henderson. He'll be there. Cooper Beebe, who is one of the better and more versatile offensive linemen in this draft, he'll be there from Kansas State. The only downside is he's a little older, 50-year senior. Cedric Van Pran, probably the best center in the draft from Georgia. He's going to be there. Christian Haynes, the offensive lineman from UConn. Another guy who doesn't get talked about as much, but could possibly be there on day three for the Jets. We'll see how he tests. Jordan Morgan from Arizona, another outstanding offensive lineman who will be there. Kingsley Sumataya is another one from BYU. A lot of people have shell shock from the BYU selection of Zach Wilson, but let's also remember Puka Nakua went to BYU, went in the fifth round, and he did pretty well. Sumataya is an interesting prospect. He's a freak athletically. He's a younger guy. There's debate as to whether he'd play tackle or guard in the NFL, but I think he could be a really good player. Tremendous upside there, so it's going to be a matter of whether or not he gets good coaching. Jackson Powers Johnson, a guy who seems to be rising up. People think he could go anywhere from late first to mid-second round. A center who, if the Jets got him, could play there and they could move Tipman to guard. Brandon Coleman, the guard from TCU, a really good player. Another guy that could be there on day three, potentially. Patrick Paul, he's interesting because he can play left or right tackle, I believe. Very big, strong guy, but needs to refine his technique a little bit, probably in that second round range. So if the Jets do move out of their spot or move back up from the third round, Paul could be a target there for them. Troy Fontanu, the offensive lineman from Washington. You, of course, saw him if you watched the college football playoffs. One of the best offensive linemen in this draft. The issue is most people believe that he's probably going to kick inside when he ends up playing in the NFL. And the last guy I will mention is Zach Frazier, the center from West Virginia, although there's questions as to whether or not he could possibly play guard as well, sort of along the lines of what Joe Tipman did coming out of Wisconsin. The only issue for me with Frazier is that I'm not so sure he has the athleticism to play in the Jets scheme, but a really good offensive lineman. So Glenn, give us an overview. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on some of the same names and maybe throw a couple others out there. Uh, Talis Fuaga, he's a guy that kind of popped onto my, my radar a few months ago. And it was it's funny, every now and then you, there's a guy you target who you want to watch and you pop on a game and you kind of develop an, a bias because he immediately just does something that jumps off, you know, jumps off the film. And um, that first drive that I watched, I, I believe it was the first or second play, uh, showed really good movement, came across the middle 
to uh, to clear out a middle linebacker and absolutely just blew the dude up and took him out of the play. And that's it's an attention getter. It's a play you watch and you go, okay, it took one or two snaps to kind of understand what the hype was about. And that's just kind of what he establishes himself as the more you watch him, right? I've kind of called him, he's like that tone setter type, that nasty mauler who you can, you know, you wouldn't mind having him inside a guard. But I think whoever drafts him is going to give him a shot at tackle first. But yet you're right. They're having some talk about him moving inside. Um, Andrew Rain from Oklahoma. I watched him early in the year. I remember really liking him. But, you know, a lot of these guys I got to go back and watch again because, you know, months pass between when when you get a, a chance to watch these guys the first time. And then, you know, there, there's so many others to take take a look at. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with, with Fashanu because he's a guy who I I haven't watched much of at all this year because I watched him last year. He looked fantastic. Then the hype machine tells us he's a lock to be a top three pick. And I'm kind of, you know, my thought process is, well, I'm not in a big hurry to watch him because I've seen him dominate. Consensus is he's dominating. Um, but I think the Jeremiah comments the other day said he spent a lot of time on the ground this year. And that's why he thinks uh, he may drop in the draft. So I can't really speak to how he's played this year. But I think a guy like, you know, uh, a guy like Fuaga could leapfrog him. Um, Graham Barton, haven't watched a ton of him. But as I've heard a lot of what you've heard, which is people view him as potentially a guard at the next level. Um, but two of the names you mentioned that I've I've been talking about for really Ladarius Henderson, I was talking about him a couple years ago when he was playing guard at Arizona State. Um, I thought he didn't look as good at Michigan as I had hoped when they kicked him out the tackle, but because of his you know because of what he brings physically between you know between the measurements, the movement ability, and what the Jets look for, I, I think he's something. He's one of the guys I've mentioned as a player I'm going to do my best to see as much of as possible. The other guy you mentioned who I is, has become one of my favorites in this class is Javon Foster from Missouri. Um, I've watched a ton of him this year. Was very excited the other day because, um, as you know, Missouri played Ohio State. Um, their, you know, in in their bowl game, I was a Cotton Bowl, I believe, and um, that game was not. I I couldn't find it. I was only able to find highlights, which I I want to see a full game. And um, the 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 guy I use for my all twenty two film reviews, um, Caddy Caddy's Cutups. Uh, he basically puts out tons and tons and tons of college all 22s. And I got up the other day at 4.30 in the morning to start watching film, and that game had been uploaded. So I watched Javon Foster against Ohio State, and he did a really nice job. Um, you know, listen, he, uh, he's going to be a, a mid-late round pick. I'm not saying he's, you know, a day-one dominant starter, but he's a guy who he's got the size. He's played a ton of snaps at a major program against top competition and has more than held his own. He showed it against Ohio State. And I think Javon Foster is one to keep an eye on. Uh, we mentioned Ladarius Henderson. Delmar Glaze, the tackle from Maryland. Another guy with really good measurement uh, measurements. Doesn't move as well as some of the other guys, but could be a solid starter. I don't know if he'll fit with the Jets do. Jeremy Flax, I watched Kentucky a couple times, probably a month or two ago, and he jumped out at me doing a really nice job in the middle of that offensive line. And Dominic Pooney. Um, literally watched him for the first time last night. Um, I've watched Kansas a fair bit the last couple of years, but didn't really focus on Pooney until yesterday. I did notice his name early in the year. He was getting these fantastic, um, scores on PFF and their college scores. So I kind of had him in the back of my mind, watched him last night. My, my takeaway, really big guy, big wide base, um, does a better job of keeping his balance than I thought he would. And, um, looked impressive. But like I said, only watched one game last night. So more to come on him. Cooper Beebe, I love, I've, you know, you mentioned uh, Fuaga's, uh, you know, comparing him to AVT. That's kind of where I view Cooper Beebe, right? Cooper Beebe has played guard and tackle in college, 
dominated at both spots. Not the same player AVT is, but he does give you that positional flexibility. He's the guy that I've said a few times now, if I'm the Jets and I have a late, you know, and I make a deal to get a late one or an early two, I would consider Cooper Beebe in that spot. Isaiah Adams from Illinois, he's a guy I watched this past offseason. I thought he did some good things. Really strong guy. Um, you know, when he gets his hands on people, they have a hard time getting away from him. But the uh, I think I saw them list him as a tackle. And if um, unless I'm going crazy, which is possible, I'm sure when I watched him at Illinois, he was playing guard um, next to Julian Pearl, who was at the East-West game. Um, but Adams is one I'll be keeping an eye on. Cedric Van Pran's a monster. Um, you know, him and Powers Johnson are both really good centers. I would I would put Van Pran over Powers Johnson. I've heard people say they would prefer Powers Johnson. If the Jets were to take either one, and I've mentioned this, Scott, I saw you mention it. We've talked about it. If the Jets wanted to take one of those guys, move Joe Tipman to guard and have one of those guys play center or vice versa, keep Joe Tipman at center and have one of those guys play guard, absolutely fine with that. Christian Haynes, the UConn guy, these small school guys, it's always hard to get a good look at them because there's not a ton of, you know, it's there's not a ton of film out there. There's not a ton of their games on YouTube, which really those are it's kind of tough to do an evaluation watching those games, but it's better than nothing. But what I was able to find on Christian Haynes, the dude is the dude is strong. Like he he's a bull. Um, I think he could be a a second round pick. And watching him, I and I forget who it was against, Texas. It, it was against a bigger school. Um, may not have been Texas, but whoever it was, it, it was against a big school, um, so he wasn't playing low-level competition, and uh, and he was moving people. There was some QB sneaks where they needed short yardage, and they ran right behind him, and he just opened up a hole. Really like him um, a lot. Bo Limmer from Arkansas, another center. I watched him very early in the year, and he jumped out at me because Arkansas has produced some good centers in recent years, and uh, Limmer could be the next one out of there. Um, mentioned Powers Johnson. Layden Robinson out of Texas A&M, a guard. Another really strong guy. Doesn't have the greatest movement skills, but is is a, a powerful guy in the middle who you know who you can run behind. You'd be happy to have him on your line. Brandon Coleman, I've only watched once. I'm going to watch more of him this week. And I think uh, I think that let's see, does that Ro- Roger Rosegarten? Um, I know he's going. Uh, he accepted his invite the other day. I'm a little. I'm not not as high on him as some people. He sort of he he does some things well, but I think I might have a bad taste in my mouth with him over that that national championship game. He had so many mental mistakes, so many penalties. It just, I kind of soured on him, so I might go back and rewatch him. And uh, Zach Frazier, who you mentioned, I, I liked him a couple years ago as well, a guy that I wanted to keep an eye on. And he's he's a guy, as you mentioned, not, not the most athletic center, but, you know, tough guy in the middle of the line who uh, who some people I think see as a, you know, second, third round type. I don't know that he'll go that high, but uh, he's one of those guys I don't think is getting talked about enough. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk pass catchers, and then we'll go around the horn with the rest of the positions because obviously offensive line and the guys that haul in the passes are the ones that are going to get the most attention from Jets fans. Tight end, the one that I like is Jaheim Bell from Florida State, a little on the smaller side. People are going to say, but the Jets have a very deep tight end room, but they don't. C.J. Ozama, let's be honest, if he's on the team, there's not much that he can do in a positive direction. Jeremy Ruckert has 159 yards receiving in his first two seasons in the league, and I think he might be better suited at fullback. Tyler Conklin's a solid tight end, but he's also heading into the final year of his deal. So a guy like Jaheim Bell could certainly be a consideration for the Jets on day three. And then you look at the wide receivers, Xavier Leggett. 
This is a very interesting prospect. Big, very quick with the ball in his hands. I think he could go in the first round. It's possible he slides into the second, and if he does and the Jets get a second-round pick, he should absolutely be one of the potential targets. Devontae Walker from North Carolina, another really good wide receiver. A lot of these guys are bigger. One of the ones who isn't is one of the ones I like the best, believe it or not. Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. They call him the Yak God. Guy is magic. With the ball in his hands, breaking tackles left and right, I think he could be an excellent addition to the Jets' offense. Does exactly what Aaron Rodgers likes. Roman Wilson from Michigan. If you watch Michigan this year, he was their best receiver. Good player. Don't think he's going to develop into anything more than, if you're lucky, a decent number two. But so what? That's still a valuable commodity to have. Jamari Thrash from Louisville under the radar, but he's a pretty good receiver too. Lad McConkey from Georgia, another guy who could go in the first round. I thought he might be related to Phil McConkie, the former Giants wide receiver, but apparently he is not. Ricky Pearsall from Florida and Johnny Wilson from Florida State are two guys to keep an eye on. Let me tell you a little something about Johnny Wilson. People are focusing on the drops, and I get it. But remember, drops... That's something that's coachable. What Johnny Wilson does have is not coachable. He's six foot seven, 230 pounds, and runs like a guy half his size. So he's a guy that I could see getting picked in like the third round and with the right coaching turning into a really good wide receiver. Obviously, there's a risk there because of the drops and all that, but I think it's a risk worth taking once you get past the first two rounds. And then you've got Jacob Cohen, who I know you like a lot, Glenn. I like him a lot too. Another guy who's a shifty route runner and good with the ball in his hands would be a good fit for the Jets offense. Think he could go in the third, fourth round range. And if he's still there when the Jets pick in the fourth round, he should absolutely garner some consideration. And then Luke McCaffrey from Rice, good genes there and a good last name. So Glenn, your overview of the wide receivers and tight ends here that you'll be watching in Mobile. So for the tight ends, a um, couple guys I really like. Um, somebody who I was praising highly last year, I thought he was coming out, and he ended up going back to school. That's uh, Brevin Span Ford out of Minnesota. He's a guy, enormous target, 6'7", weighs in around 270. He's um, he's as big as some line. He's, he's almost as big as some offensive lineman. Um, excellent blocker, you know, as, as good a blocker as you would expect for a guy who checks in at that size and really good hands is his production dipped in Minnesota this year, but I think they had some issues with their, you know, they didn't have really good quarterback play. Tanner Morgan, of course, was no longer there. So span Ford is one to keep an eye on. Um, another guy, AJ Barner from Michigan, this guy will block his tail off. He is as tough as it gets out there at tight end. And he didn't see a lot of targets this season, but in the Michigan state game, when he finally got his had his number called, he had like eight catches for 90-some yards. So he's one of those guys that you look at and say, is he somebody who can do a thing that he just wasn't asked to because that team was so stacked and loaded? Um, and that's the great thing about the Senior Bowl. Sometimes you'll see a guy, you know, this is, well, this isn't probably a poor example. This is a poor example, but I think it kind of, it, it still makes my point is that a lot of people felt like the Senior Bowl is what really propelled Denzel Mims when he was coming out because the things he did it in college it, at Baylor, he just, everyone thought, Oh, he's a, he's a go route guy. He just runs nines. Reportedly, I wasn't in mobile, but after that week, everybody was like, this guy can do a lot more route wise than, than he gets credit for. He could jump into the first round. Of course, he ends up going not long after the first round to the jets didn't work out, but you do see guys get an opportunity to showcase skill sets that they don't get an opportunity to show in college. And so A.J. Barner, I think he's a guy, if he shows that he can catch the football and create a little bit of separation, 
he's a guy that could see his stock go up. If he can, if he's a plotter and he, you know, he has a hard time getting open, he'll be a, a late round guy, but hell of a blocker. Fun to watch there. Ben Sinnott, um, I like him a lot out of Kansas State. He's kind of along the Jeremy Ruckert lines where he, he's a tight end, but he lined up at fullback a lot. He will he'll probably see action at both spots as a pro. Um, Jaheim Bell, of course, the Florida State transfer, really good player. Um, let's see, Jared Wiley is a guy that uh I've only watched on a limited basis. He's, you know, I kind of I've got probably four or five days between uh now and and picking up credentials and seeing players. So I've got a list of guys I have to brush up on, and he's one of them. But um, I do recall liking him when I saw him earlier in the year. As far as receivers go, Xavier Leggett, if I'm not mistaken, he he was one of the first games I watched this year when the when the college season kicked off, and he is just a monster. The guy he's he's so big, like you said, really good hands. Um, and and there are a lot of bigger receivers in this year's class. Leggett's a guy who could you know who could hear his name called called in the in the in the first you know in the top fifty picks. Uh, Tez Walker, great story, weird story, right? Transfers to UNC, NCAA tells him he can't play. Then they say he can. And once he gets on the field with Drake May, he he starts lighting it up. Um, and I have seen some people say he's a first-round receiver, which he may very well be. Um, love Roman Wilson's toughness, uh, the, who you mentioned out of Michigan. Um, able to create separation, takes some huge shots and hangs on. Really good hands. And Corley, Malachi Corley was our literally our poster boy. We did a, a senior bowl um preview the other day on our show we used him as our our wallpaper backdrop because you know me scott my, i'm i'm a bowers guy like my dream scenario is the jets come away with bowers and corley because those are two yak guys who are going to make plays after the catch that's what you really need um jamari thrash another another sort of not one of the bigger guys but really quick in and out of his breaks um and and tough to get a hand on for defenders so i'm looking forward to seeing him somebody i saw tweeted about the other day and i, I forget who it was but um Marcus Roseme Jack Saint out of Georgia. He's a guy that I was really unfamiliar with until just a few weeks ago when I was watching uh, Auburn versus Georgia. I think I mentioned that game to you because I was watching primarily to see uh, Auburn secondary. Um, and I also watched Mizzou. I watched Mizzou in Georgia. And Jack Saint, like, he showed really good body control, really good hands, um, good size. And what someone tweeted the other day, I think he had two drops in his entire college career. So he's a guy that while Lad McConkey's getting all the attention, uh, Jack Saint looks like he might be a guy that uh, the teams are sleeping on a little bit. And when it comes to McConkey, Scott, it's funny you say that because the f- first time I heard his name, that was the first thing I, I Googled. Is is he related to Phil McConkey, um, which he was not. But he's he is a better player than I anticipated. Honestly, I, I kind of overlooked him because that Georgia team was so stacked. I thought, oh, here's just another guy that's surrounded by so much talent that it's almost too easy for him because, you know, no one's getting doubled at Georgia because everyone's so good. Um, but the more I watched him this year, like watching him with the ball in his hands after the catch, like that guy, he, he's going to fight for every inch. And he's another guy who's really hard to get a hand on. Often makes the first guy miss and sometimes the second and third. So McConkey does a really nice job there. Ricky Pierce all out of Florida. Um, he's one of those guys I've been watching for a couple years now because he has his hands are off the charts. Um, if you watch college football, you had to have seen the catch he made this year. One-handed grab, leaping over the middle while he took a shot, and he held on arguably the best catch in college football this season. Um, so Ricky Pearsall, again, his hands are what's going to make him a lot of money. Johnny Wilson, you you nailed it, right? Johnny Wilson's a guy, because of those traits you mentioned, that height, the 6'7", but he, he doesn't run like a 6'7 guy. People have talked about him converting to tight end, but there's really no reason for that. Despite the 6'7 height, he can run like a wide receiver. 
Um, so I, he was on my list of guys to watch this year. And what we saw was an awful lot of drops to where it did become concerning. I think as far as the Jets and a guy like Johnny Wilson, maybe not a great fit because the Jets need right now, like guys who can contribute now, whereas Johnny Wilson might be a little further away. Like somebody's got to get this work on his hands and get these drops out of his system. I don't know that the Jets have the time for that, but if he's there in the middle late rounds and you can get him, you would not hear one word out of me if they did take him. Um, well, not a bad word, I should say. Uh, Jacob Cohen from Arizona, absolutely. He was one of our featured guys on our show last year. We used to do weekly college players to watch. Um, Cohen was a guy who we had on that list, as with Ladarius Henderson, who we mentioned last, uh, last. Uh, sorry, just a few minutes ago. Aeneas Smith out of Texas A&M, another Texas A&M burner, right? He'll, I expect him to be one of the faster guys at the combine. Um, he's he's another guy who's a, a a threat to make a play with the ball in his hands, a yards after catch guy. And the last two guys on the list, I'll touch on both because Luke McCaffrey, I actually think I mentioned him to you a couple weeks ago, Scott, and I said I hadn't really had a chance to see much of him. Found a couple of his games online and watched him. Phenomenal hands, phenomenal toughness. And as I said last week, or or when we talked about it, uh, a, a very gutsy comp from Senior Bowl executive um, Jim Nagy, who, who said his pro comp is Puka Nakua, which is really going out on a limb. And Jordan Whittington, Scott, actually curious what your thoughts are on him, because as, as my co-host on our show, Dylan Terman, reminded me last week, Dylan was a huge Whittington guy last year when um, – when Texas Texas came out and they were interviewing their head coach and he said that he thought Whittington was the best receiver on the Texas roster. And that was with Xavier Worthy and the other guys they have there. So hearing Whittington, you know, getting that much praise, of course he had some injuries, but he could be one of those sort of bang for buck value picks if if he's held in that high regard. And he, he was a very good player at Texas when he got the opportunities, but obviously lost some reps due to injury. Yeah, a guy like Whittington is a perfect example of somebody that could fall through the cracks, go late in the draft because of injuries, and then turn out to be a really good player. A lot of people forget, but that's a big part of the reason why Stefan Diggs went in the fifth round out of Maryland. It's because he had all those injuries, and so he lost a lot of his shine. People weren't sure about him. They didn't know if he would even hold up in the NFL, and obviously he's gone on to one heck of a career. Not saying Jordan Whittington is going to be that caliber of player. I'm just saying that's the kind of guy that you take a shot at either in the late rounds or you sign him as an undrafted free agent, bring him into camp, and see what he can do. Glenn, now that we've gone through the two positions that are going to be of the highest interest for Jets fans, take me around the horn to some of the other guys that you like at the other positions on defense, possible quarterback that could be a developmental prospect, and everything else involving the players who have accepted invites and will be playing throughout the week at practice at the Senior Bowl in Mobile and will be in the game on Saturday. Sure, we'll run through here, and I'll 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 pull out as many you know, the names of the guys who I'm most familiar with who I think could apply to the Jets. Um, Johnny Dixon, cornerback out of Penn State. Um, I don't know. Listen, he'll probably go too early. I shouldn't even mention him as a possibility for the Jets. But the more I look at this Jets roster and and whether or not we'll see moves, you know, I've talked about it. We saw Rich Semini talk about it that they may have to move a player that fans aren't expecting, perhaps a Michael Carter. And if they were to do that, I think a guy like Johnny Dixon would be someone who could step in there. Um, and there's one another guy that I'll mention later on who would fit that role, uh, in my opinion. Um, another guy who I really like, I saw him, I watched him last year, Wake Forest safety Malik Mustafa. Um, not the biggest guy, but he hits like a truck. 
um, kind of reminded me, it, you know, worries me a little bit because of the size and the physicality he plays with kind of made me think of Bob Sanders as, as a, he's bigger than Sanders, but um, a small guy who just throws his body into every. So another guy that who I started watching last year, who I really liked out of Wake Forest was Malik Mustafa. He's not the biggest guy, um, but he plays like with a, with a linebacker mentality. You see him lay guys out. If, if if God forbid he comes free on a blitz, he's a dangerous man out there. And watched him a little bit more extensively this year, and his cover skills were better than I anticipated. So I'm looking at Mustafa as a guy. He can cover the deep half of the field if you need him to. He can be a physical presence in the box despite not being the biggest safety. So he's a guy that I would keep an eye on for the Jets as well. Um, Ennis Rackestraw, I think I did mention him on your show last week, Scott. Um, another DB out of Missouri. It's weird. He's probably, of all the players that I've followed, that I've liked, he's gotten the least press sort of. I hadn't heard his name at all from anyone until a couple weeks ago. I see these mocks dropping him as a first-round pick. And I thought, God, here's a guy that I've liked that I've not heard anyone talk about. And all of a sudden, he's getting love as a potential first-rounder. So he won't be a Jet if he goes that early. But uh, good for Rackestraw to be in that position. Um, his teammate, Chris Abrams, drain a cornerback, another really good player to watch. But Mike Sainistrill from Michigan is the other guy I was talking about who, if he's there in the middle rounds and the Jets are looking to get somebody to to, to step in at corner if there is a deal, or even if you're just looking forward and saying that, you know, if you don't think you're going to retain Michael Carter, which I think the Jets should, I'm not saying they should let him go. Um, Mike Sainistrill, and he's a great story too, right? Converted wide receiver at Michigan and right away kind of showed some, some impressive skills at, at the safety or at the, at the corner position played outside a little bit as well, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then there's Bo Braid from Maryland. Bo Braid is one of those, like every year you see these guys who, at least for me, like I am not, and don't pretend to be a, a pro scout, but I watch him and I just think other than just consistently making plays, like I can't put my finger on a skill or something he does that like puts him above everybody other than he's always making big plays. And and sometimes that's a trait that that jumps out for whatever reason. There's actually two guys in this class, um, Bo Braid and, or I should say at the senior bowl in my mind, uh, Bo Braid and Evan Williams, a DB out of Oregon, who's a, a Kansas state transfer or sorry, Washington state transfer. Um, when I watched them last year, cause I watched a ton of them. I loved a lot of their guys and some of them are in this game. Um, and Evan Williams was just consistently around the ball, breaking up passes, dislodging the ball with big hits, and just seemed to be that guy who had a knack for making plays. And Bo Braid, same thing. Bo Braid, watch Bo Braid against Ohio State this year. He was all over the field, forced to fumble on specials. He had some batted passes. I think he had a pick. He was he was everywhere. Cam Hart, cornerback out of Notre Dame. He's I, I only mention him because I feel like he's a guy who was getting a ton of hype last year, and then this year, just for whatever reason, people just completely stopped talking about him. Um, but getting back to safeties, though, Jaden Hicks, an- again, another Washington State defender um, who's another guy who's around the ball, big time hitter, probably doesn't cover as well as Mustafa, but a bigger, uh, more of a presence against the run and stuff like that in the box. Not to say he can cover, but I think Mustafa might be a, a tick better from what I've seen. Um, let's see. Jalen Simpson at Auburn. I-, I mentioned earlier that that Auburn game I tuned into to get a look at their secondary um, he had a really nice pick in that game. I think he had four on the year. So he's a good cover guy in that secondary. I've seen some say he'll play corner. Some have said he'll play safety. That remains to be seen. I think, you know, I think we know the Jets need to add somebody. <clears throat> excuse me. The Jets need to add somebody at safety. Um, let's see. What's next? Let's we'll go to the D-line group. Isaac Adis out of Penn State. Uh, 
really good first step, explosive first step, strong at the point of attack. Not sure he'll be a double-digit sack type guy, but he can be a, a, an early contributor. Byron Murphy from Texas, um, underrated guy, because I, I love another guy we'll get to in a minute, Tavondre Sweat. I love Tavondre Sweat. Tavondre Sweat, McKinley Jackson, my two favorite DTs in this class. But I think Byron Murphy, even me, I think I've overlooked him a little. I think he's a really good player, um, and I haven't given him enough credit. Darius Robinson from Missouri, another guy, playmaker, uh, moves around that D-line quite a bit, consistently put pressure on the quarterback, had a handful of sacks. Um, Braden McGregor, uh, they list him as a D-lineman. I guess he can be an end. You know, when I watched him, he struck me as a, as a linebacker type. He did stand up quite a bit. Um, really feisty, scrappy guy who has has enough brings enough physically to to be a presence up front no don't know that he'll be a dominant player but he's he's one that i'll be keeping an eye on um braden fisk uh motor 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 all day long that guy in the middle of that florida state defense that guy just gets after it he's that you know he's that kind of guy every team you want to have somebody like that who just the effort is through the roof and the skill set's there too he's not just an effort guy um eric watts out of yukon again yukon so hard to get film on them but the, the couple of games I was able to get my hands on, he showed good athleticism for his size. Um, so, he, he again, he's that ideal guy that this, the combine, or sorry, that the senior bowl is for, right? This guy that he's not had the opportunity to show what he can do against top competition because of where he plays. So, uh, you know, if he shows out in Mobile, then all of a sudden, you know, he starts climbing draft boards because you've seen him against some top competition. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, McKinley Jackson, I mentioned. Uh, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. He's, he's that that perfect example of, you know, you can't let a box score tell you how good a player is. Doesn't have gaudy numbers, but such a disruptive player. Manages to get in the backfield consistently. Explosive, plays low, good pad level. He's a guy that I would, you know, if, if the Jets were to take a tackle, if they were to obtain a second-round pick and use it on a tackle, I would love it to be Tavondre Sweater, McKinley Jackson. I think, in fact, Scott, I, I could be wrong, but I think when we wrapped up last year's draft, and you said, give me some names going into next year. I think McKinley Jackson was one of the first guys I mentioned. Um, Brennan Jackson is another one, another Washington State defender. And maybe I have a bias here because I watched so much of them But last year. But, Scott, that was just because every single game, multiple guys are making big plays. And I'm... And I, I actually started a conversation on our, our message boards at Jet Nation. And I said, I said, you know, you guys need to check out Washington State because they have a lot of guys who are going to be NFL players. Um, and that was last offseason. And now we see three or four of these guys who are going to Mobile. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg. How do you not love Tommy Eichenberg? Um, famously, well, f for anyone familiar, I believe when Ohio State, I forget, it was Michigan, I believe. It was a big game. I forget who Ohio State was playing. Um, but uh, famously called, um, earned the nickname Tommy Two Thumbs because he had about a million tackles in that game, despite having two broken thumbs. Um, so the guy, fantastic player up front for a very good defense. And obviously, if you're going out there getting, you know, double-digit tackles with broken thumbs, you're, you're a pretty tough dude. Um, Cedric Gray out of North Carolina, a three-down linebacker, does it all, covers a ton of ground against the run, can cover and, and can get the job done in pass coverage. I've liked him for a while. And then Peyton Wilson, who was added the other day, I was psyched about that. He's another guy I mentioned last season as a player to watch. The, he's, I'd be shocked if he's not top two or three, just in terms of forty times at the Senior Bowl or sorry at the at the Combine. He uh, he had some plays this year where he chased guys down from behind in a, a dead sprint. Um, it just he he was gaining ground on on some pretty fast running backs. I believe Florida State 
had a uh, a swing pass toward the sideline, and he wasn't it wasn't his guy, but he turned to catch him, and he was running step for step with a line. And he's a tall guy too, Peyton Wilson. So there may be some concerns size wise, like is he going to hold up in the trenches? He's not he's not the thickest guy, but in terms of his speed and his his you know his play style, I think he's a guy who's going to get drafted, probably an impact player on specials early on. Um, who else do we have here? Uh, Jalen Ford linebacker, you're familiar with him, Scott. I think he's a really good player, you know, facing the fan type guy, doesn't shy away from, from getting dirty, getting in the, getting in the pile, works through the trash pretty well. He does a nice job there. And Michael Barrett, of course, Michigan, everybody, you know, those, those Michigan guys, they just Harbaugh, you know, who, who we know is now moved back to the NFL, just did a phenomenal job developing it at, at so many different positions there at quarterback. You look at guys like Bo Nix. Um, from Oregon, really not a consideration for the Jets, so not not relevant to Jets fans. I just wanted to bring his name up because um, from what I saw from Bo Nix last year, really the last couple of years, I watched him at Auburn, watched him at Oregon. He was always a good player, um, but when I watched him this year, especially late in the year, I felt like I was watching a different guy. Much better player, had raised his game to a new level and kind of puts himself in that first-round conversation. Um, so it won't be a consideration for the Jets, but wanted to throw his name out there. Some quarterbacks who could go later on, um, as developmental guys, which is what the Jets will likely do if they do take a quarterback. Um, Joe Milton from Tennessee disappointed a little bit in his play this year. I just expected a big year from him. I watched him late last year when he got on the field. Guy has an absolute cannon. He'll have you'll see him. He'll showcase one of the best arms in in college football at the combine. Um, might have the strongest arm in the class, but the numbers weren't there this year. Spencer Rattler from South Carolina, um, kind of along the line of Knicks, although you know Knicks was playing at a higher level earlier too. But I thought Rattler played his best football this year. Um, and I'm not a huge Rattler fan. But, you know, based on what I've seen in the past and some of the drama you hear, it seemed like he wasn't a guy that got along well with teammates, which you never want that from one of your leaders. So I wasn't sure what to think of him coming into this year. But watched him very early on. And I was kind of like, you know, I, I remember tweeting out, you know, is anybody watching this game? And do you think this is an aberration? But this is as good as Spencer Rattler's ever looked. And he had himself a really nice year and got better. Uh, Michael Pratt from Tulane, I thought could be a a mid round consideration for the Jets, but I think I think he's played a little too well. I think he may have raised his stock because I don't think the Jets are going to be looking at a quarterback before day three unless somebody absolutely you know somebody they're not expecting to fall falls to round you know round three four something like that. Um, and then Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame, he's like he's again and he like sort of has that that ability to do a lot of things well, doesn't stand out in any one area, but you know, his ceiling might be backup quarterback, but I think as a developmental guy, if you're going to take someone late, he's somebody I would definitely consider. And then among the running backs in this class, uh, as far as the guys in, in mobile, not, not the strongest group, um, but Jawar Jordan out of Louisville. He was a guy that jumped out at me a couple years ago and had a, you know, had himself a nice year this year. He's a, he's, has the ability to make guys miss not not the fastest guy you're going to see but he could be a quality back same for Cody Schrader out of Missouri he's he's kind of he's a guy who's probably going to run what you block for him but he's also got a little bit of thump and he's got a little bit of get up Kimani uh, Vidal Kimani out of Troy is one to watch because he's again small school Troy guy right so he was hard to get uh, any full games on but the little bits I was able to find on him um has some wiggle catches the ball well out of the backfield always falling forward so he's one of the backs. And of course, Marshawn Lloyd, which a lot of people like that at USC, you know, that that entire roster. We saw tons of them this year with that high powered offense. Um, so he's another one to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, the, the running backs. Well, I, I should mention Ray Davis. Sorry, I almost left him out. 
Um, Ray Davis, probably one of the better backs in the country this year. Again, not uh, not the fastest guy, but but enough brings enough in terms of power, speed, vision that he could be a quality NFL back. Glenn Naughton, editor, Jet Nation. Thanks so much for coming on and previewing Senior Bowl week with me. Really appreciate it. Check out everything Glenn's doing at JetNation.com. And don't forget, he will have plenty of content both at Jet Nation and here on the podcast live from Mobile, Alabama. So stay tuned for that. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeJet.com. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.